You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly update on the 18th of December. My name is Tom Hall, Head of Treasury Sales, and I'm joined this morning by AIB's Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan. This week, we're going to discuss the events last week in the ECB, where Draghi talked about potentially lower for longer rates and a revised growth forecast, and as ever, Brexit. First off, we'll go back to last Thursday, and uh, Draghi spoke to us and told us a little bit about his thinking uh, towards the uh, Eurozone economy and the rate outlook. So, Ollie, d- interpret what we, we knew that the net asset purchases were going to be reduced, and then we got confirmation of that. What we weren't expecting was perhaps some of the, the more dovish comments from Draghi. Yes, well, this is the month and the quarter when the ECB publishes revised economic forecasts, and they lower both their forecasts for inflation and for growth. Uh, and also noted that the Eurozone economy has been performing weaker than expected this year. So as expected, I mean, the ECB had already announced that they were going to end their net asset purchases under their quantitative easing programme in December. Now, if you go back six, 12 months ago, the expectation of markets was we have negative interest rates in the Eurozone, that once they stopped QE, that would soon be followed by interest rate increases and moving away from negative interest rates. But Draghi has been sending strong signals to markets in recent months that that is not going to be the case. And they've committed to keeping interest rates at their current very low levels until at least the end of next summer and possibly beyond that. Okay, so so this is negative 40 we're talking about. Yeah, the current key rate is the deposit rate, and it is at minus 0.4%. So we can expect it now to stay at that level virtually for all of next year. And this was introduced back in 2014 almost as an emergency measure. Nearly five years of negative rates. Well, now the markets think that rates will not be increasing in the early part of next year or, or anything like it. They now expect interest rates in the Eurozone to remain negative for another two years until the end of 2020. And they don't expect rates to get up to even just 1% for another five years until the end of 2023. <laughs> Incredible. So what we have here is rates being lower for longer. That is the key message from the ECB. And when you see its forecasts, it, forecasts are now out until 2021. It sees a weakening of the growth rate of the economy, but crucially for it, inflation remaining below this 2% uh, target level. And it's around, it's, it's not the current inflation rate, it's where they think inflation will be over the medium term. And it wants inflation to get up to 2%, and it simply does not see that happening. So hence he's guiding rates lower for longer. And the market's listening to him. We've seen falling bond yields, and we're seeing these interest rate futures contracts, which are you know the key signals for future rates, uh, moving lower, uh, which means rates are going to remain here for uh, l- at these low levels for a longer period of time than markets have been expecting. And, and then what about the uh, the foreign exchange rate? How, I mean, the, the dollar economy continues to power ahead, yeah. run by tax cuts and uh, spending. Correct. Correct, um, yeah. what, what, what do we think your dollar well, the, will do? The, the Fed's meeting this week, right, uh, on Thursday, and it's expected to increase interest rates again. That will be, the I think, the eighth consecutive increase in U.S. interest rates, uh, consecutive quarterly rise, and it's another 25 basis points. So that has really underpinned the dollar. The dollar has been very strong over the last couple of years. We have seen the euro lose ground against the dollar this year. It's remaining, you know, stuck at quite low levels, around 112, 113, 114 uh, against the dollar. And, you know, the signals from Draghi in terms of rates remaining very low for a long period of time means it's the, the euro, even though it's low against the dollar, is finding it very difficult to make any headway against the US currency. So the key will be, I think we're very clear in terms of what the 
ECB is going to do. The, 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 the key will be in 2019, what's the Fed going to do? And the markets will be looking for signals uh, on Thursday. Is the uh, Are the Fed still committed to increasing interest rates further yeah, in I mean, we're 2019? Yeah, we're seeing in the market what people talk about, an inverted yield curve, which is sort of a, a saying that the probability of a US recession in the next 12, 18, 24 months is getting more likely. And that's come about in the last three months. We've shifted. Correct. and. Are we likely to get three more rate hikes in 19 from the Fed? What's happening there, Tom, is um, the markets are growing increasingly concerned that we're seeing slower global growth. Uh, we will see the fiscal stimulus run its course next year, so it won't be the same, uh, provide the same boost to the U.S. economy. And also concerns the rise in rates we've seen in the U.S. economy over the last two years will begin to impact activity next year. So you could have a, a triple whammy here in terms of factors that could slow growth uh, considerably in the US economy over the course of two, 2019 and 2020. And in those sort of circumstances, the Fed won't be able to deliver on the path uh, it has projected in terms of rate increases. I mean, the Fed is talking about rates getting up to close to 3.5% in the US by 2020. It's incredible when we're talking about 1% here and something similar in Japan. Well, we're, we're, we're negative here, right? Yeah. And we could be heading for 3.5% rates in the US. But that would be critically dependent on the economy maintaining its present momentum of, of, of you know quite strong growth. So we'll see what the Fed says on Thursday because the markets are half expecting the Fed may scale back. It'll certainly hike on, on, on Thursday, but it may indicate that it now thinks it may not have to increase rates as much as it had anticipated, let's say, three, six months ago because of these, let's call them increasing downside risks to growth for the U.S. economy. Okay, so just to frame that then, we've got uh, the, the lower for longer in Euroland, potentially um, reduced rate expectations in the States. Does that leave Eurodollar in a range? Are we, are we sat here at 113? What, what do we think is going to happen over the next yeah, two or three I, months with I, the Eurodollar? I think for that exchange, I said, we're, we're clear in terms of where the ECB is going with policy, which is nowhere. The, the, the great uncertainty revolves around the Fed intentions for 2019 and what it does. And that, I think, will largely determine where the, where, where, where the dollar goes. If we see the U.S. economy starting to slow, the Fed scaling back its path to rate increases, well then, in those sort of circumstances, people will say rates are peaked in the U.S., the next thing we could rate cuts in the U.S. if the economy slows too much, and that will take the steam out of the dollar, and uh, the dollar could weaken those sort of circumstances. So I think we've got to look to the U.S. and the Fed in terms of what would be the key driver of the dollar uh, and really the main FX rates in 2019. Okay. Uh, and then Brexit. I mean, we've had a hell of a week again on, on Brexit. Poor Theresa May, the Prime Minister, went to Europe expecting, I would imagine, to get something tangible from her peers in the EU. And, and if anything, their, their language and their rhetoric hardened while she was with them. Uh, and she's back in the UK today speaking to... Uh, uh, her lawmakers uh, in the cabinet, and uh, she's got nothing. So where do we go now, Ollie? Well, we have some breathing space here in the sense that um, the withdrawal bill is not expected to come before the House of Commons until the middle of January. Uh, and Theresa May is hoping she can build support uh, within her cabinet, within her government, and uh, within Parliament to support the withdrawal bill. But the bill, bill that, that is, it was nailed on, going to be lost 10 days ago, is she's going to just keep going? She hopes that in the end, uh, you know, people who want to avoid a hard Brexit will support it. And Brexiteers who are opposed to it may come around to the view that actually this is the best we're going to get in terms of ensuring that we leave the EU next March. So she's hoping that she can 
build ground and build consensus that this is the best option in terms of delivering a Brexit and an orderly Brexit in March 2019. Now, we, we, we will just have to see what unfolds in the next number of weeks. It's interesting that some members of the British Cabinet are talking about we may need a plan B here, whether that's uh, maybe tease out what options might gain support in the House of Commons, whether they should go for a second referendum, but uh, that there needs to be a real backstop here. Yeah, I mean, and, and, we, and we, we talked about this last week, that, you know, we just want it for industry, for the economy, for people to take the, the, the unplanned, the hard Brexit, the accidental tripping out of the EU in uh, April next year off the table. And that's that they, they don't seem to be any way progressing that line of questioning to give people comfort. I mean, there's real there's real money being spent on contingency planning, which we'd like to all think is throw away. But with this level of uncertainty, we continue to invest for the uh, for the danger of a chaotic Brexit. We do, and you know it's best to be prepared. But we talked earlier about the movements in the dollar and the euro. Look at how stable sterling has been in the last number of weeks against and, the euro. And what's that telling? What's that, that, that what's telling the, us? What that's telling you is the markets expect Parliament will resolve this in one way or another over the next couple of months and avoid a hard Brexit because nobody wants a hard Brexit. So it would be a shock to the system if by February or March we're still barreling towards a hard Brexit, and that certainly would have negative implications for sterling. So I think over the Christmas period and the early part of January, you know, markets will be patient, but as we get towards the middle of the month and the bill has been brought back to Parliament, um, the markets will want to see either support building for the bill or a plan B being put in place to avoid a hard Brexit in March. Yeah, so we, you don't think the vote will come come back this week? That you won't put. She's just going to avoid that completely. No, Parliament breaks for the Christmas recess in in on Thursday, I think, and I think everybody needs a rest at this stage. <laughs> think about it and come back and see what they do in the new year. Okay, so we're around about eighty nine, uh, ninety, ninety uh, this morning in in Euro Sterling. So nothing to be seen here for the the next ten days or so. But again, as we talk. Until that hard Brexit is taken off the table, the the, the, the sharper moves to will be that Sterling will weaken. The risk here is that the politicians dither in, in in January and into the early part of February, and markets get increasingly concerned. The default position is a hard Brexit. Uh, you know, if politicians in the UK are not moving to avoid that, I think the markets may well begin to lose patience in those circumstances, and pressure will come on Sterling. Ninety one is a critical level to start with. You know, sterling has been between 87 and 91p against the euro since September 2017. If that broke down, the euro could easily rise to 93, where it hit in the summer of 2017. So they're the sort of levels, near-term levels we want to be watching. If 91 gives way, that's a very negative sign for sterling. If it goes towards 93, it's going to come under a lot of pressure. Okay, so we're looking over the over the thin markets potentially for sterling, maybe to trigger some of these uh, over the Christmas period. Uh, so risks to downside for sterling, uh, and in terms of the euro against the dollar, looking for some direction from the Fed uh, this afternoon uh, on Thursday. On Thursday, on Thursday, yeah. Very good, Ollie. Have a fantastic Christmas. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, we'll be back with you again in the new year with another market talk. But for now, thank you for listening. You can listen to our updates on uh, AIB Market Talk at, at SoundCloud or on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC.
authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.